around 2 a.m. on November 23rd, I awakened with a pretty bad headache. Now, I was prone to migraines, but had not been treating for anything for about 15 to 20 years. So I thought, well, I'll just go back to bed and it will go away. My husband is a firefighter captain here with Salt Lake City Fire Department. And he saw me and immediately called the paramedics. He knew what was going on. And they rushed me to IMC, which is Intermountain Medical Center here. And they started protocol for a CVA, so a stroke. I was on the freeway driving home and it hit me. I started violently vomiting and the ring in my ear was so intense that I would have welcomed my head blowing off. It hurt so bad. While I'm laying there, I cannot talk and I've got two neurosurgeons fighting over my head. One saying, go into surgery, intubate her the others saying, no, do not touch her. Go back to CT, see where the clot went, and then we will discuss. Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear, and this is Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. In America, almost 90% of strokes are ischemic strokes. That's when blood flow is interrupted to the brain, usually caused by a clot. Cost related to stroke in the United States rose to $46 billion between 2014 and 2015. That includes the cost of healthcare services, medicines to treat stroke, and missed days at work. In this episode, we hear from Jamie Myers from Sandy in Utah, who suffered a stroke at the age of 46. I have two boys. They are now 15 and 13. And I was a certified litigation paralegal in a civil litigation firm. So I was moving about 100 miles an hour through life. And then I hit a cement barricade and all just stopped. The day before was normal. I went to work and then around 2 a.m. on November 23rd, I awakened with a pretty bad headache. Now, I was prone to migraines, but had not been treating for anything for about 15 to 20 years. So I thought, well, I'll just go back to bed and it will go away, which is what I did. And I I got up around, I think it was 10 a.m., and I still had it. And so I went back to bed. Around noon, I had a haircut appointment at 2. And around noon, I was considering canceling it, albeit late. But I just could not shake the headache. So around 1 o'clock, I felt a little bit better, and I thought, well... Tomorrow is my birthday. I'm going to go and get my hair done. So I went and as I was sitting there, I got like a fractal in my eye. It felt like I was looking through a kaleidoscope. I 
said to my wonderful hairdresser that I was glad I was going home. I didn't feel good. I thought I was this migraine was going to get a lot worse. And then I left and I was on the freeway driving home and it hit me. I started violently vomiting and the ring in my ear was so intense that I would have welcomed my head blowing off. It hurt so bad. By the grace of God, I don't know how I got home, which was about a 20-minute drive from where I was. And when I got home, I went to get out of the car and I couldn't move my right leg. And I called my son to come help me. And then by the time I got in the house, I couldn't move my left leg. And then I couldn't talk. My husband is a firefighter captain here with Salt Lake City Fire Department. And he saw me and immediately called the paramedics. He knew what was going on. And they rushed me to IMC, which is Intermountain Medical Center here. And they started protocol for a CVA, so a stroke. I was having a stroke. And they took me into CT and they identified that I was, I had a clot in the vertebral artery and they were going to prepare me for a thrombolectomy. One of the doctors on staff there looked at my scan. He was, I think, in Brazil, somewhere out of the country, got on the computer, looked at it and said, do not cut on her. Give her the TPA and go back to scan and see where it went. Well, unbeknownst to me right then, there was about a 0.04% chance the TPA would work as quickly as it did. And luckily, while I'm laying there, I cannot talk. And I've got two neurosurgeons fighting over my head. One saying, go into surgery, intubate her. The other saying, no, do not touch her. Go back to CT, see where the clot went, and then we will discuss. And luckily, when they got me back into the CT scan, the clot was gone. So they spared me from being intubated and surgery. So I'm pretty lucky. Although I am walking around and talking, and I'm coming up on the year anniversary of this, it's still hard. The invisible symptoms of a stroke are almost harder, I think. Well, my reference is it's hard because people look at you and say, well, you look fine, but they don't realize the hit that your brain takes and how hard it is to do things like walk, braid your hair, unload a dishwasher. I'm lucky. I, there are people who have to blink, say yes and no. And I don't, but I'm still hurt. And it's frustrating when people that aren't even doctors like Social Security looks at, at a record and says, well, you don't have a cane. 
You don't need someone to live with you. You're fine. Go get a less demanding job. They have no idea. So just to underscore that strokes aren't good in any degree. The people that you see that look fine are not fine. And sometimes I feel like it would be better if I had a cast on my arm or something because I try to hide the symptoms and I'm done hiding them. I'm just going to be real with it now. It's been a year. I'm lucky I'm alive. Everything is good except for COVID. That was horrible. In a way, it's kind of funny because everybody had to come down to my level and just stop. Everything just stopped. So those months I was quarantining because of my stroke rehab, I was super sad because life just changed in an instant. And then everyone else came to my playing field. A year on from her stroke, Jamie continues to work on her recovery. I am continuing with physical therapy, occupational therapy. I graduated, which is funny to say, because you never really stop perfecting what you learn in speech therapy. And I do a lot around here. Um, with my hand. My left hand was affected more than my right. So every time I have an opportunity to use the left hand, I do. I turn the faucets on with it. I get my medication with it. Squeezing the shower, things you don't even think of being hard have become hard. I used to love to walk the dog like a couple hours every day and I can't anymore because he's huge and it frightens me that he'll pull me over. So he's not very happy about all this. Strokes can happen to anyone. I was boxing two days before mine and I did bar glass, drank tons of water, ate well, there really was no reason for it. There was no hole in my heart, no cholesterol issue. I wasn't diabetic or anything like that. They found that the artery dissected. So some trauma or I weakened it over time and it just happens. So everyone is susceptible. We all just have to be very careful and just know if it does happen, Life is not over. It's just different. You have to embrace it. Right when I was getting ready to rejoin the world, COVID locked everything down. I was looking forward to going to some therapy groups, support groups, and sharing my story and hearing others, because I felt alone, and I didn't get that opportunity. So for all these months, I've been sitting, doing my normal day, and all of a sudden on Instagram, I found the Stroke Survivor Group. I don't know why I didn't look earlier. I just think the fog hadn't lifted yet. So now that I'm out of this 
fog I felt like I've been in for a year. I am anxious to talk with more people, share my story, and encourage other people to be happy, even though you take a hit. It's not defining you. It's just part of the story you'll tell, period. So that's what happened. I was not able to meet anyone in person. This is the first time I've talked about what happened with people other than family and friends. When I found it, I was relieved. I thought, you know, finally, I have like-minded people that will understand how I'm feeling that I can go from being happy and grateful to being sad about it. It's funny, I was thinking when I went to physical therapy on Monday, how comfortable I feel there because I'm around other people that have some type of traumatic injury to the brain. I feel lucky that I'm not in a wheelchair, but I just feel support now. Almost like people that go to AA, you can talk about how the effects of something have taken over your life. But unless you're talking to someone who's actually experienced it, it feels funny because they just don't have the context. Jamie had no underlying health conditions. It was a dissected artery that caused a blood clot to form and travel to her brain. Coming up in Stroke Stories, Jamie talking about an exciting future project. I am thinking about writing a book about the invisible effects of the stroke and how to be kind, like an inspirational type book. But to let people know, people do not mean to give offense when they look at you and say, but you look great. I'm lucky. I look the same. And to look at me, you wouldn't know. And is she still the same person? I think I'm Jamie 2.0. I'm much more calm. I made the comment to my mom one day. I felt like I was more present in my conversations and relationships now because I've had to slow down. So in a way, it's a blessing in disguise. Here's how Jamie views her recovery. I feel good. I feel better now that I found a forum where I can go and see other people post. Some of them are like me, where we're not confined to a wheelchair or walking with a cane or a walker, but we still are not right. We don't feel like ourselves. It's coming back and it comes back slowly. You have to be patient with yourself because the yardstick you used to measure yourself by is different. And you have to be kind about that. 
I tried to push my recovery because coming from a litigation field, I was baptized in medical malpractice, if you will. So I knew the insult I took sustained rather to my brain. But I thought I could just undo it overnight and it just doesn't work. And so once I got my head around that, no pun intended, and just relaxed into it, it got a little easier to accept and do the work to get better. But when they say in the hospital, it will be about a year before you start feeling better, it's true. So all these months, I'm kind of glad COVID happened, if you can believe it, because it's given me more time to heal. So I'll be ready, really ready to go back into the workforce with something less demanding, I hope. That's where I am now. The law firm that I was with is very high-paced, So I don't think I'm ready to set myself up to fail there. But I have some other irons in the fire about contract work that I could do from here because fatigue is a big deal. I get tired very, very easily and mental exhaustion is a big deal. It can bring on horrible headaches. So I just, in some capacity, I would love to stay in my field. I loved it. I loved my career. And when I couldn't go back, I cried a lot. My coworkers and my boss are still including me in everything. I think I'm Jamie 2.0. I'm much more calm. I made the comment to my mom one day. I felt like I was more present in my conversations and relationships now because I've had to slow down. So in a way, it's a blessing in disguise. Jamie wants to help other stroke survivors wherever she can. I am thinking about writing a book about the invisible effects of the stroke and how to be kind, like an inspirational type book. But to let people know, people do not mean to give offense when they look at you and say, but you look great. I'm lucky. I look the same. And to look at me, you wouldn't know. I also am thinking about starting a business to aid other people that need help navigating the health insurance issues you come up on, social security, and the hospitals. Because even after my neuro ICU, I had a huge bill after the insurance paid. So luckily, I knew how to ask for financial assistance from the facility 
Most people don't know that's even available, but I did because I used to help my clients with that on a daily basis. So I'm thinking about something like that just to help people take the stress off of them so they can recover and not worry. I think attorneys have good intentions, but they get lost in that conveyor belt. And with the climate of COVID, I am worried that more and more people are going to have strokes as a result of the vascular issues that it brings about. And the people in the administration are going to start denying more and more people because they know it too. So people like me who don't want to live on any benefit, I've been, by the way, I have been denied twice now for any assistance because they tell me to go get a less demanding job. Well, I can't type. I can't write very well yet. What do they want me to do? So, yes, I'm hoping to help other people who aren't as lucky as me. People that have to blink or cannot talk, they need an advocate. So I am planning on being that person, hopefully. And Jamie believes you should always take your time. Patience. Just be patient. My oldest son gets a little irritated with me because I talk more slowly than I did before. Just take a breath and be patient with people, both yourself and a caregiver, and realize the toll it takes on the caregiver So both sides need to be patient and soft with each other. That's all. Jamie's life was going at 100 miles an hour, but was stopped abruptly by her stroke. Now she's focusing on getting back to work and hopes to someday write a book about her experiences. Coming up in the next episode of Stroke Stories. I was home by myself. My husband was already at work and got overwhelmingly dizzy out of nowhere and started sweating profusely. Then I, and I knew something was wrong, but I gave it a couple of minutes hoping that would subside and it didn't. So I called my aunt to tell her, I don't feel right. And she could tell that I didn't sound right either. I was starting to struggle to swallow and I, it felt like my throat was closing. Please don't forget to subscribe to Stroke Stories and rate and comment on the episodes you hear and like to help us spread the word. And if you are or you know of a stroke survivor and there's a story you can share, we'd love it if you did. Please contact via Twitter or Instagram. Our DMs are open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening.